Hi, everyone. Welcome to Free Devs and a Maybe. This is our fourth podcast. Uh, if you haven't listened before, uh, just listen to the other three, but this is a podcast for people who know nothing about PHP or might know a little bit and just want to get to grips with some of the, the theory and some of the uh, the big topics. So, as usual, I'm my name is Michael Budd. I should mention that. I'm a developer for Extra Digital in Canterbury in the UK. Um, doing mainly back-end development and I'm joined as ever by my fantastic web developer friends uh, and former colleagues Ed Mann, Fraser Hart and Lewis Keynes. So, Hello. Good evening. Hello. So let's start off as we always start off and uh, let's go around and see how everyone's weeks were and this week I'm actually going to specify names or we'll go in alphabetical order again. So, uh, <laughs> that makes it easy doesn't yeah, it? Yeah definitely yeah. Um, Let's go, Edman. How you doing? Yeah, really well. Very tired. Very, very tired. Go on, just dragged me out on Saturday night, and uh, but actually Saturday during the day as well. We just had a bit of a good drinking session. Uh, po- podcast researching session. Podcast, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, research. Yeah. You know, we're doing it for the for the better good. You know, for the greater good. But no, it was mainly just drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Not a drinking. With the intention of drinking. The conversation was definitely fairly. Uh, on the ball, but yeah, it's just deteriorated. <laughs> it deteriorates from, quick, doesn't it? It, it certainly does. Like it about, does. It, you know, it goes up and then it just goes bang straight down. It doesn't <laughs> go up with you drinking, definitely. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, it, was, it was great. And then Sunday was just recuperating from that. Um, during the week, I've, I had a chance to get the Three Dozen Away maybe website running and deal with the feed, which has been a complete pain in the ass by iTunes. Oh, they insist on making it like the hardest thing to do in the world. Uh, absolute nightmare. I'm so grateful if you do that, man. It was, uh... That's all right. No, I've had some time. So, yeah, more than welcome. Wow. And I see you've been doing some more blogs as well. Done some more blogs. Yes, actually got a little bit of a uh, thing, a little rant with uh, Twitter API. Ooh. Um, but I'll, we'll come back to that, I'm sure, like with pics and stuff. Okay. No worries at all. Uh, Fraser, you've been busy rowing again. I have. Well, again, it was the first time we've we've had the boat out since we've we've had it in our possession. Uh, yes, oh, wow. I was down in in Falmouth in Cornwall. Went down there on Friday night, and then we had the boat out all day on on Saturday. Didn't drown, um, <laughs> didn't sink the boat, so it was a, it was a good thing. But got sore arms and sore legs, so wow. I think I'm going to have to do a bit more training to 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 get into preparation for the for the big row. Anyway, nice. um, web development wise, it's been it's been fairly quiet to be honest with you. I've had today off work, yeah, um, from the office, so I've, I've spent the time doing a bit of freelance stuff. Um, so this is something that, that probably ties in quite well with with what we were talking about last week and what we're going to touch on this week. I'm having real issues with with the server that I'm trying to get a, li- a website live on. Really? And the clients basically decided they want to move to to me and a guy that I work with um, for for the actual website development, but they want to keep the hosting with the old guy. Um, but the old guy was basically the old website was a static HTML website, so there was there was nothing fancy on there. Yeah. Um, so it's just been an absolute nightmare, and we're still trying to trying to resolve that. So it's it's been a yeah a bit of an unproductive day today, unfortunately. Well, is that but, the uh, Stack Overflow thing, Fraser? That you did? Um, it is, yeah. yeah, yeah. I did. I did see that a guy put an answer to that on there. I don't oh, know if you've really? seen that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Stack Overflow in front of me now. Um, yeah, I'll have a look at that later. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sitting here reading while we're supposed to be doing podcasts. All, all the listeners are waiting uh, anxiously to see whether you got your answer or not. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll report back next week on that. <laughs> Incidentally, slightly off topic, but I'm just interested. How far did you go out in the boat? Because I'm trying to think, like, far we've got like an estuary, right? So Yeah, that's right. We went out in, what's the name of the estuary? It was Penryn, I think it was Penryn Estuary or Penryn River that we that we actually um, launched the boat from. Yeah. And then went out into the bay. So we didn't go, we were still in the shelter of the bay the whole time, but we were out for about, you know, about for uh, eight hours or so. And we yeah. covered about 18 miles. So not a, huge, <laughs> not a huge distance compared to what we've got to do. Wow. That's it's, still yeah, pretty. Really good to get out there. And, uh, and yeah. I've never done any, any proper rowing before, so it was good to get out there and actually see what we're going to be doing definitely well well played uh Lou yo good week uh yeah very good week um not, not so much on the development front there's still not been much going on there but there's been uh, there's been Christmas parties and various things going on so it's been it's been a lot of fun um we had how was our, the Christmas do yeah the Christmas do yeah it was alright it was very it was 
Well, I say it was low-key. Bearing in mind, I used to work at a doctor's surgery, so Christmas parties <laughs> entailed going around doctors' houses for dinner. So <laughs> compared to compared to that, it was an absolute rave. But there were there were just ten of us that went out for a meal. It was quite quite a nice civilized evening. Um, few drinks felt felt a bit ropey at work on Friday, but I think I'm not as bad as Mr. Bud by the sounds of it. You know yeah, what, man? Thursday, and how to go in for wake up at six and oh, that doesn't sound nice. <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't ideal, no. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, other bits and bobs been going on. I met up with um, with our good friend Ed Mann on Wednesday night, and he um, he showed me through DigitalOcean this new um, this new VPS thing that he's been raving about. And yeah. I've I've now got an account up and running with them, and stuck one of my sites on there. And yeah, because you um, did virtual host stuff yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, got all that sorted out. It's um, it looks brilliant actually. I love I love the fact that you can just make whatever server you want with it. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. I'm going to gradually get all my stuff transferred over to that. I think. Feel like I'm uh, missing out on this because you three are all using this now, and uh, I don't really know much about it. But I'll, uh, I'll have to check it out sometime in between. We, the good thing, you know, where I said about last week, where you don't know the differences sometimes yeah. between transferring from local to live. Yeah. The good, the good thing with this is that you you get to set it all up yourself. You're not at the mercy yeah. of um, of whatever you're given. So sure. Um, cutting edge, like the latest version of PHP on it and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't fault it, to be honest. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I think, I think that's, I think that's been about it. It's been a quick week, actually. It doesn't seem like a week's gone by since last Monday. Yeah, it's going very quick at the moment. I have to admit. Yeah. Nice. How about you, bud? How's your week been? Um. Yeah. Pretty. It's pretty full on at the moment. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Java yeah. front. Java. Yeah. It was just covering some quite. Not difficult topics, but just stuff that's new to me. And um, honestly, like, I hope anyone who listens to this takes confidence from listening to me because I, I, it takes me like ten attempts to learn something before it sinks in. I'm, it, You're kicking and streaming, yeah, yeah. Away, which I love. <laughs> and this never comes easy to me, and I just have to keep plugging away at it. But uh, yeah, certainly, you know, I've played with a bit of inheritance, I use a bit of PHP, but with Java, it's like a whole different ball game and. And then multiple inheritance is it's again it's not it's not mega hard, but it's like knowing what to use when and why and and certainly when you first see it you think, Well what you know, what's the point? I don't really understand it, but you Yeah, interfaces, overuse. All, all you're doing is you're that, yes. just giving a promise that something will be there. It's like That's a contract. It, yeah. but, um, so it's weird, but I, I must admit, quite guilty, but I've not played with traits in PHP yet, and you know you think, well, that sounds awesome. I need to. Uh, yeah, like mixing, <laughs> they are really good. Yeah, they yeah. Are. definitely. Stolen from the Scarlet, I think. A bit, but. That's it. But then, um, other than that, really, today I've been playing with Magento, which is always a nightmare. But um, yeah, it's. I actually think the Magento codebase is pretty good, but it's the kind of thing that if, if you're hoping to do something really quickly, then don't expect. I think it's a lot. Don't go there. Sorry, mate. <laughs> it's a lot better than WordPress. It really is. It's a bit similar to. Well, I think it's built on Zen Framework. Oh really? So yeah, and I've not reused Zen uh, myself before, but you have got like this similar sort of thing where where everything comes through the one file and then everything's just rooted off. Really, and the front end control. Yeah, the yeah. Front exactly, and trying to you know, do something that's, you know, specific to one page, you, you know, is tricky, really. You should spend a lot of time to, to work out what the code's doing. But, you know, it's like in a commercial environment, you've probably got, like, you know, five hours to get something done and, uh, you know. It has to get it done. Yeah. So I actually would... saying that in your free time, though, you've uh, did a blog post on Friday. I have, yes. Yeah, yes, somehow I found time to do a blog post. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, it was kind of like I wanted to do it for work anyway and... um but I also want to know myself how to do it because obviously I've been using JUnit with Java, which is so nice and easy and out the box. Where with PHP, it's a bit more a bit more of a setup process to get it done. That said, you know you're looking at two Perl commands really to get it installed. But in order to make it kind of viable for my where I work, I knew my boss would want some sort of GUI interface. So um, yeah, I actually uh, need to make sure that I'm. Uh, giving credit to the right guy here. But, um, yeah, I just Googled and had a look to see if anyone had built some sort of uh, GUI interface for PHP unit. And um, and sure enough, this guy had. He put something up on um, 
on GitHub. So uh, Nick Sinopoli. I hope I pronounced his name right. But yeah, he's built this great system. It looks like it's just using um, Bootstrap. Um, but yeah, it's great. I'll just. Bootstrap, uh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you should. Don't have to put that in the show notes. Yes, I will. I will. We will have show notes now. Finally, iTunes. We've got have somewhere to live. So you've somewhere started... to live, baby. So we can the do that. Is live. Yeah. Are we, can we announce that? Yet? Sees it. URL for that because I don't think people are aware of wherever it is. Yeah. Is it threedevsandamaybe.com? Three devs, T H R E E, devsandamaybe.com. Yeah. It's the number. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say. Oh, no, and the number three de- just redirects to this. So. Oh, so you. Oh, I get it. So you bought the number three as well. So we do owe you two beers each. Ah, well, 13 beers. Okay. Right. Round it up to the nearest. We'll go 13. Christmas so. Day. We'll do and it. if you don't drink okay. more, then you have to pay for them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that game. <laughs> oh, dear. So, anyway, yeah, I do uh, re recommend um, that, that PHP unit. Um, yeah, it looked really nice, actually. When I was looking at guys and I had a little play around with it, and it just it looks ideal. It's just what you want. You know, you do want to have a gooey front end sometimes. And, you know, it is nice to see all green and, you know, yeah, well... How easy was it to set up on your site, though? Like, it does, is it one installation per like, me, project or per server? I was how, thinking how, this. How would you do it? You could like, do literally. it You could do it per server, definitely. Um, at the minute, I've done it per project, so... How, how does it read it? Is it like the XML file, the PHP XML file? What it does is you have a folder, and then you put any test class in there, and it just scans that directory and checks for any tests that you've got in there. And oh, then cool. it lists them out. Then. Yeah, and then you can select which test you want to run. You could run them all or run them individually. So it, honestly, it's re- I set it up in half an hour, and I did my tutorial in about another half an hour. So really quick and easy. And the thing is, I you know I don't want to go too far off topic, but like in my lectures this week, I've been talking all about error reporting, and and I honestly get so bogged down when. I find errors in my code and I, you know, I really take it to heart and think, oh, you know, I'm a crap developer. But you know, at the end of the day, everyone makes mistakes. And like, I think you saw my tweet today, didn't you? I you know, did that? see your tweet today. Yes, that is very good. Very wise words. Well, yeah, but honestly, like everyone makes mistakes. And at the end of the day, it's so hard to anticipate the mistakes you're going to make. How can you do that? You know, you know it wouldn't be a mistake if you already knew it, yeah. I don't, you know, because... Yeah, so honestly, I mean, to anyone who's listening to our podcast and starting out and they're getting loads of errors and thinking maybe, oh, they're not a good developer and in five years' time they'll never get any errors, you will. <laughs> you will yeah. always get errors. Yeah. 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 Error reported, yeah. mode, you know, in doubly like log files and stuff using exactly Stasher and all these other cool funky things. Do, do you know what upsets me? Go Anytime on. you write a decent bit of code, you don't get anything coming up telling you how good it is. <laughs> 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 or, or maybe you do. I just haven't heard um, that. PHP 5.5, I think that's coming out, definitely. Is it? That's, uh, yeah, it's in there. Is that your oh, core yeah. request? Yeah. <laughs> You've got unit testing where you just see all these nice little ticks, which makes you feel good. But <laughs> Exactly. Well, that is the point, actually, that look, everyone makes mistakes, but you can handle it in some respect. If, you, if you're doing testing, um, you know, even if it's just like a spreadsheet and you just write out a list of tests, it's how you try and manage it, I guess. But you're always going to make mistakes. Human error is always going to creep in. So, Absolutely. Uh, but you'd, never, you'd never get better either, though, would you, if you didn't make mistakes? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's cliche, but that is the way you learn. So, um, so I, I always have like the strictest error modes turned on when I'm doing stuff. Oh, yeah. locally, yeah. locally, always have them. Yeah, yeah. You want to find everything, even if it's just a, a warning. You want to find it because yeah. when it goes live and you just see that, I, I remember you doing, you, as you said last week, the white screen of death. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, that was that was just because of um, uh, it was a my model file in co- with a code igniter thing, and the it was capital M Y underscore capital M, and it should have been a small M. And oh, when you're yeah. looking down That's a whole cool. when you're looking down a whole list of files, you can. You can very, very easily not see that, and obviously with the white screen of death, I didn't know, I didn't know where to go with it. it yeah, I was kicking myself afterwards, but funny enough, locally it was working fine. So but there you go. The other thing is, you know, like okay, you've got those errors that will kill the script, but then you've just got the kind of logical errors where the computer's like, yeah, that's fine, no problem, that's all good, but actually there is a problem. You know, maybe your uh, your product doesn't get added to the basket. Oh, the business logic. The business logic. Like, yeah. And that kind of stuff, you know, that is harder to test for. Oh, you know? syntactically it's fine. So, yeah. you know, it, get, it gets compiled and interpreted, but yeah. 
the actual when it's not doing what you want it to do. Yeah. So, you know, we've been exploring that this week, but yeah, I'm sure we're going to, we'll be talking about error handling uh, later in the Testing podcast series. So, a huge, huge part. So I won't say too much about it, but all I will say at this point is, you know, if people are getting loads of errors, don't worry about it because you will have that throughout your programming career, guaranteed. Um, and it's part of the learning process as well. And, and you learn where things are wrong from the error messages and, and what have you. So, yeah. 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 But um, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unless you are just a really bad developer. Very much part of the process. Yeah, definitely. So that's um, that's my hot pick for the week. I don't know if any, you guys have got anything uh, you'd like to uh, plug that you've uh, used this week. There's there's actually nothing that I can think of in my head that I've used. No, that I touched before. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll step out of this one. No worries, Ed man. You're did, usually good. Oh, sorry, Lou got. No, no, no. So I was just I was just going to say something that I struggled with today that I always struggle with. Um, Go for it. WordPress wise, do you guys ever use WordPress? It's been a while. Okay. Fraser, have you did you have you ever put a site with WordPress from local to live? Yes, I have. It's absolutely horrendous. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm so glad you're selling it to me. Change like a thousand different things in the database, don't you? Yeah, pointing to to the host where it is. Yeah, otherwise none of the links go to where they should, and even images don't load properly. All all sorts of stuff. Oh, I spent about two hours today trying to just like typing out silly SQL statements to try yeah. and update everything. Oh, it was insane. It shouldn't be that complicated. For for you so, know, WordPress is obviously generally pretty simple to use, but for for stuff like that, it's such a pain. It is absolutely shocking. There's no need for it at all. I can't I'm, I can't even fathom why why you need to be in a situation where it does. That. I'm sure it does it for its own its own reasons, but there has to be workarounds for for what it's doing. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it really it really puts me off using it. Or, or if I if I've got a spare place on the live server to put something on there, I'll just I, I'll just go straight to live with it. Yeah. To avoid, which is obviously very very bad practice, but it's it saves you so much grief in the long run. Completely. Yeah. How do you um how do you rate WordPress these days? So I've, I've not used it in ages, but you, you still think it's a good bit of kit? I've always I've always thought the same about WordPress. I've, if 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 you're a person that wants to make websites but doesn't want to learn how to code or anything like that, then it's obviously it's spot on. You know, it, you can you could probably make a career to some extent out of doing that. But mm. the moment you have to go anywhere near the code, for me, it's just a bit of a pain. It's uh, yeah. I'd ra- I'd rather I'd rather write my own stuff than mess around with the WordPress code. I think and it's not it's not a criticism of WordPress. Obviously, they're very popular and lots of people use them, but. I'm, I'm sure any developers trying to work with the WordPress code must have struggled with it for a while. Certainly, starting out. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think it's really good from a from a user perspective though, because I, I use WordPress for my personal blog and also for the the rowing website. Right. Um, and it's it's just fantastic in terms of just ease of use for for getting posts out there and getting new pages yeah. out there. I've done hardly any modifications to it whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, maybe, That's where it's perfect when you don't need to do anything to it like that. You can just yeah. stick the pages together. It's yeah, spot That's, on. Yeah, it's just a case of like chuck it up there and then then it's there and and, and you can add your own content. It's because the, the themes that I'm using it's basically like a slightly modified version of of whatever it is that ships with it, like 2012 or 20 whatever it is. Um, but yeah, if, from a user standpoint, I think it's just, just a nice, quick way to, to get a website out there. Yeah, definitely. Am I right? So the, um, the default theme now is responsive as well. It is. Yeah, it's been for a couple of years, I think. Oh. Actually, uh, <laughs> I don't, the times. Yeah, yeah, that's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad though, is it? You know, completely free and stuff. It's uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. What about um, you, Ed? Any uh, any hot picks for this um, week? Well, I've had a couple of things this week crop up, and I thought I'd just write them down in the text file just to yeah. say. I mean, first one was how bad iTunes, like validating the feed in iTunes, yeah. is a pain. Um, it updates once a, once a day, uh, so really you're just getting that, and you you have to test you can test it locally by just subscribing actually in iTunes the app. But it's so hard to pick out stuff. I mean, like we had one problem where you were debugging Mick, and it was that oh, it, was, it turned out that the actual file name needs to have a, a file name actually, oh. like a, a file extension. Yeah. Even though it had a file type, which I already had to specify in XML, it needed the extension in the file as well. Yeah. Which is a bit of a pain. So they're, they're really annoying with iTunes is that they don't provide a DTD or an XSD, and these are just ways of validating XML so you can quickly see if you actually got valid XML or not. Yeah. 
But fortunately, there's online, there's a, there's a website called carsfeedvalidator.com. And I had some really good success with that. That that was great of being able to um, like just check the actual file that's going through, seeing if it's valid or not, check the files are okay. Because one thing we did help with it, though, was we thought uh, it, it seems to skew the results a little bit with downloads <laughs> because it's checking things. So we thought we were very popular, even though we are. You know, we, we so may have a couple off, to say the least. Another thing I actually had was uh, a JavaScript Twitter issue. So... Back in the day in Twitter version one of the API, it was very easy for you, and I'm sure you've all done it, is to, to get a JSONP rest, uh, request of like someone's tweets. Yeah. And you're able to style them up, and it's great. You know, you just get that, you're done. Well, when Twitter moved to version 1.1 at the beginning of this year, they made it that you have to use OAuth by default. You cannot go out without, having to, without using OAuth. Uh, which is just a standard way of authentication, which is great, but it all means that all the stuff you have to do has to be server-side because you have to be able to actually authenticate with the servers. That is a pain because all these people, and uh, me included, who want JSONP, just a simple way of being able to get the tweets back. Uh, they're all public already, our tweets, uh, you know, the ones that we actually want to get back and everything. Can't just do it in JavaScript anymore. So it's a big pain. Now, fortunately, this guy I saw online, Jason Mayers, um, jasonmayers.com, he made a Twitter fetcher uh, plugin that worked great. And it was very clever the way it does it. Is it, it get, you create a widget, and then you get the return the JSONP of the widget and all of the code, like the HTML code, and you just have to pass it. The problem with his one was, though, was that it was very, he'd already done some, um, some kind of like, it was all minified and obfuscated, so you couldn't look into the code, which I was like having a little look. It was, you know, just to have a see what's going on. Um, but then another problem we had was was that it was a, there was some formatting already. So instead, I thought, well, I might as well. I've got forty five minutes. I might as well. And I just I bushed out this uh, Twitter like a basic OO version, raw JavaScripts, and it just gets the tweets. It passes them, gets up to twenty, which is the max you can get out of the widget, and uh, yeah, gives it to you in nice object form. So just to clarify, if you use Twitter's own API, you can't just get a nice JSON format. You, you not get, anymore. Not you get in all the gubbins that they give with you, all the HTML and that kind of stuff. No, you have to. The way I've had to go around it now is you're using the same way as JSON. I'm mad props doing for, for working it out, and you make a widget yeah. and you return the widget, and then you just pass it yourself. And now I am literally, and I've got a blog post on it. I'll put it in the show notes, and you literally are just stripping out all the all the gubbins that you don't want and just keeping what you need. Right. But it's it is such a long way round. But one, I mean, I just wanted like a simple way of doing it, and I forty five minutes. I thought I might as well little play myself, and I used jsfiddle.net for that. I don't know if you've played around with that because that is great. It's amazing, isn't oh. it? Well, yeah, because yeah. Yeah, remember you made your little slider uh, yeah. slideshow thing on there, didn't you? And you helped me out with it on the JS Fiddle. Yeah, that it's is great, isn't it? It's just so good for just devving and stuff, and uh, just just you know playing around experiments and stuff. Yeah. Um, what do What do you actually do on there? I've, I've never used that. It, it literally is just a combination of like a JavaScript, CSS, and HTML, and it will just actually run it for you, almost like it's an IDE. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Um, but it's also great because it will like say, oh, do you want to really add jQuery in the page? So say if you're doing a jQuery site, it's great for snippets or having debug problems. Like a lot of people in Stack Overflow use it. Yeah. So there's a couple out there, but, you know, it's really good just for that type of thing. Oh, to, like, simulate situations. Yeah, and, and just to test things out and everything, like playground. It's like a playground. It's just like an online playground where you can do it. Cool. Which is great. And another thing, uh, one thing was with the iTunes thing, so... The way we do the iTunes thing now is quite simple. We just use uh, just have the MP3s, and that stores all the information in now. And it was a great uh, plugin we I used back in 360. It's called Get um, ID3, and it's a packages pattern library now, so you can easily get into Composer, and it's great for reading MP3 tags and writing them. I'm actually using that at the moment. Oh, uh, I guess for the Music the, Umbrella, yeah, it is great, yeah. isn't it? Getid3.sourceforge.net. I think that's it. And it's also on Compose as well, which I liked. And it's just so good. The guy spent ages. I mean, I think it's a couple of people, must be, uh, you know, doing all this for all these different file formats. It's just great for me not to get, like, custom tags, because that's the way I'm doing the, the iTunes feed now, is it's like custom tags in ID3 2.3 version or something. And, yeah, it's just great. does all the hard work for you. And, um, yeah, I just can't say anything better for it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, because that's in the that MU project that, that you were working on. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, that, that yeah, for the writing album art. I mean, it just makes things so much easier. Because, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know where to start with that, going through, for, uh, like, file specifications for MP3. I mean, yeah, yeah. nah. Because yeah, I'm using it mainly at the moment on a, on a project because 
we need to extract basically just traplens. So it's just a really simple thing that we're using it for. Well, I was using another library. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was called, but like all these tracks we were like uploading the tracks and they were coming up with like there'd be like a five minute track in it and say where the length was like twelve minutes and then like a twelve minute track could come in with like a two minute. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we said reliable because it was a small library, and then I was like, right, just yeah, throw it away. I'm going to use uh, get ID three. Yeah, it I maybe overkill, but it, it gets the job done nicely. Job, yeah. It's the great thing about PHP though. There's always something out there. Whatever you need, it's just been around for so long. There's like anything you need. There's a library out there that will help you with it. It's just absolutely. Uh, yeah, incredible. And a lot of people, a lot of people are now putting it for composer, composerize, and then with packages. So it's great. There's like a there's a website. I will put it in the show notes. Packages.com with the org. I think is, and you can just search for them there. I mean, even if you don't want to use the composer version, it's great because it just literally just highlights all the good ones, and you can see what people have used. And yeah, I really need to get into this composer thing. I'm really way behind the time. I think we need a show on it. You've been dead. It's dead easy, Mike. That'd be good. Yeah, if you yeah, I'd love when you guys to uh, show me that, and we could do a, a, a show on it. That'd be awesome. But uh, PHP unit, you can use composer to. Um, Oh, that's well. like yeah, I love that. That so, makes things so much easier. Yeah, yeah. I might speak to you, Lou, then at some point and uh, see if you'll help me out with that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Cool. Uh, did you have anything else, Ed? Or uh, no, I think that's it. Pick wise, you're all good. Cool. <laughs> well, we've probably spoke uh, enough about our weeks and our hot picks, <laughs> so we're going to carry on with our topic of hosting. Um, which we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's yet, I recommend you probably listen to that one first because it's going to follow on from there. And I think the did we stop at DNS last time? Or we, uh, I think I interjected was, there and we, said we we should. Oh, sorry, someone was. No, no, yeah, I was just saying we we were kind of like coming up to, or it was kind of thrown in there as so we should probably talk about DNS. And I think we started. Yeah. We mentioned it briefly. Um, but, sure. uh, yeah, yeah, the internet's phone book, right? Yeah, <laughs> if I understand Ed, is that? <laughs> um, so it was what well, actually. There's a couple of little points from last uh, week's episode that I probably should bring up just sure. for when you're thinking about getting a host. Yeah, um, and that, that's actually like so. We're, 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 uh, so it's like disk space is. These are a couple of things that I would definitely look out for: disk space, bandwidth. So how much you can transfer, upload, and download on your host provider. Access if it's FTP or SSH. Uh, uptime is another big one because you, you when you see these when you go in and you want to you know sign up for one of these um, hosting providers they won't none of them can guarantee 100 percent uptime uh you know we have city power outages there are things out of their control so the way they do this get around is this 99.999999 i'm sure you see that the seven nines or eight nines or nine nines and all that is, is percentage calculation it's based on the downtime per year so the more uh, uh, more uh, nines after the dot is better. So say like seven nines actually means after the dot actually means forty five minutes of downtime for the year. Okay. Um, and then support email wise, online chat, telephone. I remember you saying Lou last week that you know one of the great things about just hosts, and also I think you said as well, Mickey, was it that they had good online chat facilities and good communication. Yeah. Oh yeah, the support. Because that's the, the thing. Support, even though, Pay cheap, if, you know, the cheaper you go, the, the worse communication you may get. So you have to bear that in mind. And a good way of doing that is to read the reviews and do Twitter searches. Sometimes I do, whenever I'm checking out a product, I always do like a hashtag and then Twitter's the actual service. And I just see what the buzz is at that time. Yeah. Um, the pricing, obviously, is another thing. Is it free, shared, dedicated? We talked about that last week. Linux or Windows hosting. Um, another thing, ah, right, so what to look out for is the free domain con. So some of these providers, and, and it's fine, you know, a lot of them are good. I remember doing it with DreamHost. It gives you a free domain in, in bracket, you know, in quotes. Yeah. Um, but really what they are doing is they're just trying to get you into their service, and you may have to pay a hefty price to transfer it or renew the, the, each year. Uh, okay. Another one is unlimited storage, which you hear, flat, uh, you know, thrown about a lot. And it is unlimited storage, but if you go into, like, the terms of service, some of them most likely you'll have, like, a fair use policy. Or a, a clause in there which allows them to terminate if you're overusing the server or the CPU, okay. which contradicts a lot of the fact that this is unlimited resources if I can't actually access the server or do stuff with the server. Yeah. So those are those are yeah, those are the last couple of things that I just wanted to you know to like hammer home. And, and that was sorry. And another thing is managed versus unmanaged. So managed would be our shared where we have the control panel again, our free services. 
uh, when you get into VPS and when you get into dedicated, you can have the option to be managed or unmanaged. Um, I tend to go unmanaged only because it's cheaper, but you can actually get like um, you can pay a certain amount a month. And you'll have technicians on hand who will quickly be able to help you. They'll monitor the, you know, your sites. They'll do monitoring using software like Nagos. And, and, the, but they, and there's normally thing is that typically the higher the price of the managed solution, the more flexible technical support you'll get. So, you, you know, that you are probably paying, you're better off paying. If you've got a, a site that can't go down, that server can't go down, you're better off paying more for it, you know, and, and actually having the managed solution. But if it's a site that you don't worry about, the server that you don't really need, you know, you can go and manage and you can handle the software and the hardware, not hardware issues, but the software issues and the updating issues all yourself. Okay. That's cool. Another, well, another, another thing to where you were talking about, obviously, making sure you don't get conned is, um, well, it's, it happened to me just the once, thankfully, and then I made sure it would never happen again, is that if you buy a domain, they don't always um, sort of notify you that it's going to expire quite often. Ooh, that's cheek, yes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. sometimes it will just be set to auto-renew unless you switch that feature off. That's a um, very good point, yes. That happened, that happened with me, and um, yeah, so always be aware of that. Always always find out where, you know, go into your domain control panel and, and check to see whether anything's set to auto-renew and, and switch that off so that they have to notify you. Otherwise, you might that's just good, find good one point. day that... That money's been taken out. So yeah, again, it's it's all part of the learning curve. But you know, if 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 saying that helps somebody, then you know that's obviously a good thing. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's... Nice. Uh, one thing I was going to say, Ed. I don't I don't know if it's all like in your plans uh, late in the notes. I probably should have read. But um, can we talk about A names and C names and all that yeah, jazz? I've got, yeah, I, I've been sad enough to write down and, and give examples. Yeah, no worries. I, I was really, this, this afternoon, I was like, I better probably have a little look because I don't remember hardly any of the stuff. Yeah. So it was, it was good for me just to recap myself. So, yeah, no, we've got that and who is information. and Yeah, okay. This has been a really interesting part of the learning curve, actually, all this domain stuff. Now that um, the other developer where I, where I am has left, I've... I basically have to take care of a lot of this stuff. So while, while I'm still quite hazy on the ins and outs of it, I, I think I've got a general grasping of how it all works now. It's not as straightforward maybe as you would like. No. I'm no. kind of torn yeah, on the... As, as web developers, we need, to, we need to know as well. Like It's not inherently a web development thing, I guess, but it's, it is some a skill that, that we do have to have, I guess. It's one of those server ops things, isn't it, where yeah. you can give it, if you're a big enough company that's, they have a whole team mm. dedicated, but yeah. if you're a personal freelancer or you're, you know, you're just a small team, yeah, you definitely need to know and you can get bit by it. I am torn on this one because I part of me thinks, I like the whole modularity, I, I take the argument you know, with the car analogy that the guy who makes a steering wheel shouldn't have to know how the seatbelt is made. Like, they're, they're yep. two different areas, and you focus on your area. And and this, you know, I've probably highlighted over the last two shows is that that it's not my area of expertise. I, I don't enjoy it. It's boring. It's it's just an area that that has to be done. But it is really really like important. This is a tedious episode. one listener has gone now. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. But yeah, I guess for some people it is really interesting, but. Oh, it's quite it's quite high responsibility, isn't it? Because you know it's um, it is, yeah. It's I mean it's it's keeping records up to date, and making sure they're pointing to where they should go. You know, if you point something to the wrong site, you know, God knows what what kind of trouble you could potentially land yourself in. So yeah. I suppose we break it that this is know what DNS actually is. Then yeah. Um, as I think Mickey alluded to, you know, it is the phone book for the internet. Uh, so really, that is just translating a human friendly host name into an IP address. Uh, so you know your host name may be google.com and then your address may, is an IP address that you know, that you know singles out your computer. Uh, so it's a new, uh, new numerical IP address. It's um, called Internet Protocol uh, and it's required to locate any computer service across the globe. And they're unique to each computer. Well, each router, you know, etc. I was going to say because we had this problem yes. 360 with uh, with the remote desktop. Yes. Uh, so yeah, because. Because there's not enough. Well, there is enough, but yeah. Because uh, it's when you're um, behind a router, then you've got your own IP, internal IP addresses. But then you've got your WAN, which is wide area network IP address, and that's the one that's front facing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So you, another good analogy for it is like it's the computer's GPS on the internet. So it's yeah. the location of how to locate it on the internet. Um, 
there are a couple of massive benefits over a basic phone book, and that is that it can be it's designed to be easily and quickly updated. Uh, fault tolerance from the ground up. There is no single point of failure. To be to be honest, I mean, you know, a lot of uh, most DNS record, uh, servers know about everyone else's DNS record servers, and it goes from that. Uh, you can associate multiple IP addresses with a single domain, so that allows certain things like load balancing, which we'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk about later. Round robin DNS in um, and stuff like that. Can I just? Um, oh, sorry, man. Just to yeah. interrupt briefly, um, I was going to say for anyone who really is clueless about DNS, um, something you could do if you have like um, like a dust prompt over a command line. If you ping, for example, if you put ping google.co.uk, you can see the IP. And then if you put that address in the browser, you'll find that it goes to the same place as if you put google.co.uk. So it's just a you know good way of illustrating that you know. Okay, we've got a word, but that's actually associated with a, a, an IP address as well. And yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can literally yeah use the IP address as the if you really wanted to, just remember IP addresses. That'd yeah. be very sad. I actually okay. realised that this is this is like the ultimate way of doing this. Like uh, it, the information on there is more up to date than on whois.com or any of those sites where you type an IP address into something and or a website into into whois.com and you get all the information back. Sometimes. A lot of the time it is up to date, but I have seen a few that aren't. So by pinging it, you get the absolute hundred percent correct IP address. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. That's us. Yeah. So. Yeah. so oh, sorry. What? Oh, sorry. I thought so I was going to talk. <laughs> um, so, so a basic like an idea of like how uh, like the process goes. So uh, I think you were saying with the pinging in Google.co.uk. So Google.co.uk is a URL. So it's a uniform resource locator. And so, so let's say, so what we're going to do is we open up our browser, Internet Explorer 6, hopefully, uh, and we enter in google.co.uk. What then happens is you're assigned DNS server, so you're lo- your, 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 uh, the DNS server that you've got assigned on your browser, on your computer, uh, is then asked to resolve that domain to the IP address, and that's called DNS name resolution. Uh, if it can't locate it, it's not in its database, it'll recursively uh, query other DNS servers that it knows about, almost like a spider crawl. Uh, it may even have to go up to the SLA, which is the start authority, and that's like the base domain record for your for that for your like Google.co.uk, and then that will come back down once it's found that, or if it hasn't found it, then it will let you know it can't find it, but it will actually come down. And the nice, the, the, this is the great thing about the the full tolerance and the actual uh, stability of it is that at each point, at each like hop, we call it, it caches that record. And what will happen then is that once you get it back, it's most likely going to be cached on all of the all the DNS servers that it's come it's gone to to get back to you. Um, and also, your computer will cache it more likely, or not, or your router. Uh, the way it gets around with this caching is there's a thing called a, each record. So each record, which is just the the phone number to the actual IP address, the phone number, yeah, name to a phone number. Um, it's actually a thing called a TTL, so it's time to live, and that's just the cache mechanism of how long it how long it should keep hold of that record before it expires, before it needs to go and look for it again. And that helps a lot with performance, because if you had to keep looking and going all the way up the chain for every time, you would never get anywhere, and you'd be better off using IP addresses. Okay. Tell you about, uh, uh, something that still confuses me now, um, and, I, and I've still never actually got a definitive answer to this, is when, obviously, you transfer a website from one place to the other, you... There's there's the A record, which is like the main record of the IP address where that website that the website points to. Yeah. And for basically, I, I now realise that that's the main way that that you do that. But before, I, there's another thing called changing name servers over, and name servers are are the actual hosting servers. They are the SLA. Yes. So they are the the, the, the server that your um, record originates from. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so so there's so... been times sometimes. In the past, I've just literally changed those name servers, and that's yeah, been yeah. Sometimes, it's, I, I suppose, because you can do because a lot of registrars, so domain registrars, uh, registrars, sorry, they provide you with name servers, but then Memset will provide you one. DigitalOcean may provide you with one. Yeah, you can. It's just that's the SOI. That is the um, uh, sorry. That is the start. Yeah, the start of authority. So that is the main server that your your one originate your record originates from, and that can uh, be changed. Yeah. Um, Another interesting thing, like going on from Mickey's example, about the, is to determine your DNS. So in Windows, it's very easy to work out what your DNS server is you're using. It's just IP config and then space forward slash all. And in Unix kernels, you just type dig. 
or you can actually type dig and a URL, and that gives you the DNS record for that actual URL. Uh, that's quite good. And you'll probably find that actually more often than not, it'll be your router, your local router, uh, your router at home. Or, and then you, what you can do then is go onto your router at home to see what you're actually using. Um, but typically, again, is that you probably are using your one provided by your ISP. default. Uh, there's a default one normally that each ISP uses, and you're probably going to be using that. Um, there's a one way of checking it, and this is the way I checked it with Virgin, is that Virgin, they provide um, some, like, when you do a search and it's incorrect, so it's an invalid URL, they provide you with a results page, in, which pretty much just Google results, results with their Chrome, ugly Chrome surrounded around it, which is lovely. Um, so that's yes, then trying some adverts and stuff. So what you can do is use free alternative DNSs. So there's Open DNS and pub, um, Google Public DNS. Uh, there's a couple of benefits for them. Sometimes some of them got parental controls. In the case of um, Open DNS, uh, Public DNS, Google's one is probably better performance um, because of how many people use it compared to small ISPs that may be using their own small ones. Uh, and it's Google. I mean, you know, if you want speed, you go with Google. Uh, probably better protection, security protection and stuff, again, because it's Google. Um, and, yeah, so yeah, so those two options there. I mean, I, I actually tend to use OpenDNS um, only because I like, I find that they're actually the best in my area for it, for uh, DNS lookup, because you can check your times and how long things actually take to, to like, you know, you get a, re- a result. Okay. Yeah. Such a, it's such a complex topic, this, isn't it? There's... There's so much, so much, so many kind of areas to know there's about. Little, with it, yeah, there it? are like little. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a, there's one actually interesting thing is you know that whole analogy we had uh, last week, I think it was Mickey, with the talking about having a server and it's in your own home. Yeah. Now all our ISPs typically now normally in the server environment you have static IP addresses. Yeah. And we all know our static IP and they don't change. But when you're actually an ISP and it's just your home home network, your home broadband or a home ADSL or DSL. You, that IP address may change, and it's dynamic, like the way they just do it, you know, when yes. your computer's been turned on, and maybe you've reset your router, and it's just changed it. Yeah. That can be a massive pain with your um, rec- your records, your, your DNS records, because obviously they're pointing to the wrong place now. Uh, one way of going about that is, firstly, you can actually, I'm sure I, a lot of ISPs actually do provide you with static IP addresses, but that costs quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. But if you did want to go down the route of having, you know, your own server, you can use a, a, a service called noip.com, and there's a free uh, free version of that, and that actually puts a domain name to the dynamic IP address on your uh, on your your actual server. So the way it does that is there's a client that runs on your server, and that just continually pings um, you know no IP like every hour or so. And if there's a change in IP address, it can work it out and then update the record that they provide accordingly. But that's another nice like you know dynamic IP addresses. You're not tied. You can still do stuff at home and have it available online without remembering the IP address or that having that worry. We have, we have to use two routers at work, actually, because our internet connection isn't very good. Um, so the, so it's frequently switching from one time one to another, and that can be extremely frustrating because it can it can log you out of things. Like if you're oh, yes, to a, it's a completely different connection, isn't it, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if it senses that the IP has changed, it just, it just chucks you straight out. And uh, so quite often I have to go down there and I have to turn one of the routers off to stop that from happening. <laughs> But we need both of them because our bandwidth down there is not very good. So yeah. it's yeah, a bit of a bit of a battle. What does that, um, that cost, Ed? That no IP. I was just looking at their website. Oh, the no IP free. There's a free a free solution that you can use. Uh, you wow. do. It's just a subdomain on there. Once it'll be something like Mickey some blah 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 dot no IP dot com. Wow. But it's just nice to have the you know the option. That's a good service. It's definitely painful, but yeah, I mean, it's quite clever the way that they sneakily just a client on your machine at home. Yeah, that's the way they can work out because there is no other way really, unless no. you know the ISPs play ball. Yeah. How? The, sorry, sorry, go on. Yeah, oh no, different. I was going to say to to Mike, like, how are all how's all that stuff handled where you work? Do you have like a dedicated guy that does it all, or? Um, pass. Um, I think probably my boss, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but it's a bit of a uh, controversial issue, to be honest. But we don't really have a local environment because. We have a lot of people working from home most days of the week, so we tend to... You, you don't use Git or anything like that? No, not at the oh, moment. Right. It's something that we've been looking at, and one person was set with the task of looking into it, And um, but I, I can't see anything being brought in overnight, unfortunately. Um, but it is a big change, isn't it? That That is the problem. 
it, it really is it's a huge cultural shift to be honest with you um, and to get everyone to buy into it is hard and, and also still be producing it at, at the same pace it, yeah yeah, yeah. But but you're, you're a working active business I mean if while stuff like that's awesome like where I'm working we don't use any source control I think it's horrific but it's kind of mm. like I'd say it's a huge kind of cultural shift and, and yeah. to get everyone to do it and then to actually stop producing like payable content for yeah. And there's going to be teaming problems. That's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. And people are going to want, you know, instant results. And, you, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's very hard. It's, you know, again, it's another topic again for another time. But it's always, whenever you have something new like this, you have to say, okay, yeah, I think it's great as a developer. But you also have to say why it's great for the business. Well, that's why your whole GUI thing, you see, with the PHP unit, you know, yeah. how to sell it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's the way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, to answer your question, though, um, yeah, no, we don't. No one's really managing it. I guess the bosses, but uh, yeah, we have even our like dev sites would be live sites, if you will, and then um, you know on a different domain, and then and then eventually transferred. But uh, no, we don't have anything. Uh, we don't really have anyone who uh, specifically that is their role. I guess. So I suppose that that's kind of that could be viewed as a positive thing because it, it does seem like an extremely complex kind of area, doesn't it? But you can't say it, but no. You can you can get around you know you can get around with with knowing knowing kind of just the basic stuff. Yeah, it's true. It is true. Definitely yeah. without without some of, some of these really complex issues, I think. Yeah. Provide providing the main things are knowing where to change the IP address, the a, the a, you know the A records and the WW records and FTP and stuff. Absolutely. So I guess yeah. you, so you've got this main role now at your your place. You you have to take charge of it, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, it's um, a couple of weeks back. One of my main my main jobs because we we've been using four or five different places for um, for hosting sites. So I've been getting them all in um, into a central place. So yeah, there's been a lot of changing in A records and and stuff going on. And I kind of learned that way. But even then, you know, I I thought like changing an A record would be enough to do everything. But but not always. You know, if there's a, there's the WW record, and if that points somewhere else, then you know, you get a different result if the person doesn't put the www in front of the website name and yeah. stuff. Um, what do you do for for servers over there? Are you using VPSs or are you using dedicated servers or Media Temple? They're the, they're the main one that we use. Media Temple, virtual private servers, or uh, no, the shared hosting. Shared. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, PHP five point three point ten. I think they're onto it at the moment. Um, but that, no, I mean that. Like I say, with um, with just host being good with the the online chat and stuff, yeah. um, I think the longest I've ever had to wait with Media Temple is about three minutes to speak that's to someone whenever I've had an issue. That's if it works. There's no point changing it, is there? I guess. Absolutely. No, I mean they're they're great. Um, yeah, I, I can honestly say actually we haven't had any issues with them at all. Apart, apart from um, um, I, lo- I lost a file. I needed to try and get one file back off them, and they wanted to charge me for a whole backup. Right. For a site, so that that that's possibly my only negative bit of feedback. Um, but other, other than that, no, I mean they they've been they've been very helpful, and it's a very easy system to get used to the way all their control panel works and stuff. Yep. So that's helpful. Yeah, we've um, I know ours is with IOMart, and um, I've had to deal with them once or twice. I had one time where I brought a whole server down. At, it was. <laughs> Gone. I should laugh. I'm sorry. I know. I know. It was... hey, you know what? I'm going to get you to talk about in a minute. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> but it was past midnight, and I um, I managed to get on the phone to one of them, and they helped me through it, and uh, emotionally and uh, emotionally, yeah, technologically. It's it's terrifying, though, isn't it? It's that not fun. Terrifying. No, especially yeah. you've got e-commerce sites on there, but you know, you just hope that no one's shopping past midnight. Um, but yeah, no, I have to say they're pretty good. But I really don't get in, that involved, to be honest with you. But that's that's how I like it. But um, yeah, I'll move. Sorry, uh, yeah, uh, go for it. Sorry, uh, but the, the so probably another good thing we should talk about is actually the structure of a URL because there's top level domains, there's a yeah. host, there's a service, there's a port that you can be on. Now, that's a good segue into then the DNS stuff. Yeah, um, the example I'll give you is like HTTP. Colon www.google.com and uh, colon 80. Now, what you're essentially doing there is just going to port 80 on the top level domain, which is .com. So that is like a big level domain. What we, you know, we all know Yahoo.com, Facebook.com. 
you then go into the host name. So it trickles down this way. This is how they read it. They read it back to front, really. Uh, .com. So it goes to .com, finds the DNS records for .com, goes to Google, finds the records for the host name Google, then goes and finds the host name for the, the subdomain for it, which is www for that one. And it uses the service HTTP for that. And there's other ones like FTP and back in the day, Gopher. Uh, you're, you're, you're definitely unlikely to want to put always, you definitely don't put a port 80 on the end of each domain. But what's actually happening when you're in the URL in, your, in the browser, you're actually up, it's automatically going to port 80, it seems, unless you specify otherwise. And I think we were talking about like the first episode, maybe the second one, you know, when you're doing the dev environment, you've got local host code on 8080 instead. And that's kind of like a dev given, you know, that normally development would be done there locally or, you know, on another port. But 8080 is very similar to 80, so, you know, that's why they do that. But that's how, like, a domain's actually, you know, worked out. So in the case of, like, www.bbc.co.uk, it goes to the UK, then it goes to co, then it goes to BBC, and then it goes to www on the BBC. And that's how it trickles and how it finds its way to the actual IP address that you want. I had no idea about that. I've just done it now on the browser. That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) So so then that's the thing with Mickey was, uh, not Mickey, sorry, Lou was talking about was the hosts and the A records. And that gets banded around a lot. Uh, they're not scary. They look scary because if you change one and then you don't and you do it wrong, uh, it can be a little bit intimidating. There are ways that I'll actually talk about how to get around that and by you know testing it and stuff beforehand. Uh, but well, we did. We did manage to. I, I, we had to do that. It didn't really the other week actually. Yeah, when I was yeah. when I was doing you helped me find stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so the first record is an A record and that's a host record and it's an address record and it's the basic mapping that you're going to get from an IP address to a host name. And it's the most essential record, pretty much. So as Lewis was talking about, you know, this is the record that, firstly, there's an empty host, which is just maybe bbc.co.uk. That will go to an IP address. Uh, www. or www is another address A record that may go somewhere. Um, And then you've also got a wildcard you could do, essentially, which is anything dot. BBC would go to one IP, will go to one IP address. But that's kind of a catch-all at the end. Um, you then have C names. Now, C names are very similar to, well, they're similar in the sense that all they are really is an alias. So what you're actually doing is you can do this in example. I used to be very, very much, I would actually do a, a at record, which is just an empty record for an A record, and it also specify a www record as an A record. Um, actually, last couple of weeks, I've learned that you, you can just use a C name one of those and all it is a c name is is it saves you it's like a symbolink that we have in computers or like a shortcut and what it is is saying that i want this record to be the exact same as that record and it will just point to it so in the case that i have now is i have my empty hose record which is just bbc.co.uk or something then i have a c name which is ww which just points to my host record uh, my, my empty record and that means i have the convenience that i only have to change the ip address in one place uh, so that's what I could have done with using the other day. It's that whole battle. It's the whole WW and non-WW because this is one thing like with SEO and stuff. I'm sure we'll talk about that eventually one day. And that's like duplicate content. You want your site to go to one of those and only one of those. Uh, you know, either go to www.blah, blah, blah, or not, you know, non-WW. Because t- essentially, and this is another thing I only realized a couple of um, years ago, www. is actually just a subdomain, much like cheese.edman.com yeah. is another subdomain. It's just people use www because that's the you know the, the the fault for subdomains. But a lot of people, like I me included, don't incl- like including www. Might just have the non www. Like every every request that goes to www gets redirected to the non www one. Yeah. Um, and then we have mail exchanges and the mail exchange record. And uh, this one gets a bit more. So you've got A names and C names. They're the ones you'll be playing around with. MX records are if you're going to plan around with your email. Um, and essentially all they do is it maps your email traffic to a specific server. Uh, this is quite familiar in the days of when Google Apps was free for um, like five five per users or something. And you would, they, what you could do is you could create an MX record there and it would point to ghs.google.com and that's their Google hosted site. And then Gmail would be able to host and deal with your server, deal with all your email. Uh, they literally do just deal with your email then. That, that Everything that goes to your app, blah, 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 would actually just go through Google, go through their spam filters and stuff, which is great. Uh, now they don't support that. But I have found, and I was doing this with the 3 com email addresses, Outlook, Microsoft have got a competitive product that is free, and it's not too bad, really. I mean, there's a couple of things. Like, you don't get IMAP, I don't think. 
but it's great for what it needs, you know, to do. Because I did, I did have a little look at setting up my own email server, but dealing with spam and stuff like that is just a pain. Yeah. Um, the other two, uh, uh, the, the other two actual uh, record types are NS, which is name server, and this contains the names information for the zone. So the zone is actually. Um, each bit of, of the you know like UK co blah 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 they're a zone. Uh, this will let you know this if you set this up. This lets you know that, that, that this is the ultimate authority for your domain. So when caching's looking up and everything. So if you configure this, your server will, will let other DNS servers know that yours is the ultimate authority, the SOA, the start of authority for that domain. And then any caching that happens will go originate from this this record. Um, and then that moves on to the SOA one. And the SOA one, you normally don't deal with. If you've got a registrar or hosting company that's running your DNS server, they will manage it. That's another thing you can if you want manage your own DNS server, but I wouldn't recommend it. I would just leave that to the professionals who have their servers, you know, and deal with it. That, let them deal with it. Yeah, I think the services that are that are out there are, are fairly. Once you once you've done it a few times, I think they're fine, aren't they? Without. I think they yeah they they do more than enough without trying to go down the road of setting your own run up unless you really know what unless you're doing. you really want to like mouse <laughs> but I mean with with the records all really as as I was saying the A record is the one you care about and then maybe the C record or C name sorry but yeah so A records are the ones you care about for changing and and I, I, I and um, but there is one last thing actually and that is who is information yeah. So that that's that's kind of a scary one because um, well, does anyone else want to chime in with who is their experiences with having to write down? I, I was having an argument with someone on the internet and then he found out my address and my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> and you don't have to get. You should, you should go to anonymous man. I know. I, I, I haven't got a clue how to do that to be honest. So don't I, have to pay extra. For that, you, which, this is the thing. On right, that's why uh, I've got a little bit on hover versus GoDaddy because I know you lot of GoDaddy people. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm going to fight and I'm going to convince you all to get a hover. That's my plan. <laughs> but anyway, with who is information? That is literally what happens is it's the query response protocol that is used uh, for querying databases that store the registered internet resources, such as the domains, the IP addresses, and stuff. Uh, it's all in human readable format, like Fraser was saying. So, and it's one large criticism of who is, is that there is a lack of domain privacy. Uh, currently, ICANN, which is the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers who deal with all the IP addresses, require that you provide a mailing address, a phone number, and an email address of anyone who's at, who owns that. So it's the person who owns or administrates that domain name. Uh, they can all be easily found as well, like Fraser just told you. Uh, this also allows this allows spammers and direct mailers and stuff. It is pretty scary the fact that you're putting your address out there, especially you know on the interwebs, yeah. and it's so freely and easily available because it's it's made to be that easy available. Um, but what you can do is you can there is a thing called who is privacy, and all, a lot of the registries provide it. Hover provide it for free out of the box, which is what I love. And they hide your information. They provide it with their administrators, you know, information and stuff. So you don't have to worry. Um, that's one thing I do love about Hover. Like, so that 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 moves on then to with actually with sorry with who is information. You can view everyone to your So you might as well view uh, Fraser's or Lewis's or mine or someone. And you can do that on the command line with just who is, which is a command in Unix, and then like Google.com. Or there's a, I think uh, Lewis mentioned this is like you've got whois.net or something like that. You know, websites that deal with it. Can I can I point out um, a really really good library that I found on, to help me work with this? Yeah, go for it. Because um, one of the sites that I had to build for my for my company is something that that kind of is tracking all our domain information in one place, rather than um, having to rely on LCN and a couple of the other ones to you know keep looking at those and and see all the emails and everything that they trigger or or don't trigger sometimes as I as I said. Um, yeah, I I made I, find, I managed to find this library basically where um, where you can literally give a list of domains and it will run it will run through this library and it will give you all this information back um sourceforge.net forward slash projects forward slash php who is cool. and um, that in the show notes if you send yeah. that across afterwards with that yeah we'll do it it's really really good it's nice and easy to to stick into the um to stick into your website and yeah, all you, all you, just an array it, it, oh, it's really nice yeah a, a nice and it, it's the first thing i found actually that gave an array back um, which is what I was after, and yeah, this oh, returns it, oh, so it nice... passes all that who is information for you. Yeah, it does oh, all that's of it. Great, and, give, and gives you a really nice array that you can oh, actually pinpoint what you want. It's um, well, I'm actually check that out because I'm it, interested. It's, 
I know. I know. I said last week that for for the sake of my own learning, I try and avoid using libraries wherever possible. But um, yeah, this is one kind of situation where you absolutely would need to use something like this. And uh, yeah, this does everything. So yeah, if if any of you guys ever need to do anything like that, like track domains dynamically or anything like that, then uh, use this library. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So, Homer versus GoDaddy. So, I'm assuming all three of you, you're GoDaddy people. I've Only got a few domains on GoDaddy. It's just cheap, man. That's all it is. It is. That is the thing. And you like the raunchy advertising. I do love the raunchy advertising. You know, and the fact that it's so hard to use. Yes. Um, though I have noticed, I did do some research, and I was like, who is on your MichaelBug.org? And you're now with Just Toast on that one. Yeah, it says Arizona. So, I'm safe from anyone who's trying yeah, to uh, exactly. me down. That's what I like, you know. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, so they are essentially there. Are, there are loads of these ones out there. DreamHost provided GoDaddy. I think JustHost provided it. Hover is their own one. I like Hover because it's simple, clean. You do pay a little bit more uh, for for each domain. You're paying nine pounds, but you get free in quotes because that's very subsidised at the price. Uh, who is privacy? And yep. it's just simple. Uh, I don't know actually with GoDaddy. With GoDaddy, do, you, do they give you web hosting and email and stuff for free? Uh, no. no, 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 no. But it, I think it may be cheaper though because I have read some comments on that because the the mail hosting and the web there's no web hosting with Hover, but your mail hosting is ridiculously priced. Like really, uh, that's why it's nice to have the Outlook self domain thing. And I'll put an email. I'll put I'll put in the show notes like the tutorial we used for that, which was so easy to set up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I love hover because they're just reliable they don't try and upsell you and they're just simple interface to be but, fair fraser your number's not on there your address is but your number you're oh, right. pretty pretty safe pretty cool. which uh, address is it is it the 156 one it is yeah oh well, yeah, yeah i don't live there anymore so. <laughs> <laughs> someone else will get me yeah, yeah sorry, <laughs> i'm looking for me it's fine <laughs> yeah well Cool. We have got over the hour mark. So, is there anything else you wanted to say, yeah. Ed? Or? No, I think I've, I've hit all the spots I want to hit. So, what do you? Yeah, you've hit all the, all the spots I want to use to hit as well. As to be honest, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel very satisfied. Good. <laughs> yeah, I, to be honest, yeah, that's a topic. I, uh, as I've mentioned, it's not my favourite. But you, uh, I, I've definitely learned a lot just listening to you, Ed. So, uh, I, I'm sure a lot of it was wrong. So, if any of the users, uh, listeners, you know, <laughs> can spot anything wrong, don't hate me. <laughs> you know, don't minus one us. Just tell me I'm wrong, and I will pretend I'm right. Definitely. <laughs> Anything <laughs> else? Anyone else? Get his steward's information. Go straight to his house and tell him. <laughs> <to you. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did anyone else have anything they wanted to uh, kind of wrap up with, or you're happy with that? I think I'm. I'm. I'm happy. Like, yeah, I, I was pretty quiet throughout the whole ordeal today because uh, yeah, I, to be honest, I'm like not very knowledgeable in any of this stuff. So this was as much learning experience for me. Yes. As the other three episodes have been. <laughs> <Thanks for it. laughs> oh, I just, yeah, I'm sorry I keep talking all the time. Mate, no, no, you're killing it. It's you, good. You bailed us out, definitely. So uh, I, I, I think the, the, you only really need to worry about this stuff in any great depth if, if you're thinking about freelancing it, I suppose. Or yeah. even then you might even have someone that can take care of it for you. But it's, from a from point of view, having rounded knowledge of all the kind of areas, I mean, it's... Yeah. it's it, if you can just grasp the basics, then I think I think you know it gets you gets you a long way along. It's you know, definitely just for me how to transfer a website and stuff. Exactly for me, it's one of those areas I've learned what I've needed to learn and nothing more, which probably isn't good. But I think anyone who's listened to this, they'll probably have the same experience to start off with. That you know you you'll learn what you need to learn to get a site up, and then uh, take it from there. And if you find it's something you're interested in, or you, you can learn more, definitely. So. Uh, yeah, I'll we'll wrap up by then saying, so we're happy we can say that the website is up. It's not going to be... Uh... It's up, yeah, and the podcast, and it's at the, the right thing. I mean, some people may find that there was duplicates in their feed. Sorry about that. Pray best to unsubscribe and subscribe again if you want the votes. But also, uh, it's because of like the unique IDs and stuff. But yes, it, all the problems have been, and I'm hoping to do a blog post on how annoying iTunes is in the future. <laughs> nice one. Cool. But... But we're still hosting it there free, though, aren't we? So we've got to be a bit careful. Oh, yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> well, we're not, they, they just provide us the thing. That's the thing. Like, we use Dropbox. That's another thing. Sneakily, you use Dropbox for uh, their free hosting of the actual website, of the actual uh, files. Yeah. Nice. But, uh, yeah, check out the site then. It's free, devsandthemaybe.com. And I understand both domains will work if you use the letter free or yep. 
or number three. Actually, so, you have any, actually, that's the thing. If you have anything to want to contact us, we've all got our names, so Ed, Fraser, yeah. and Lewis, and Mike, Michael. We've got yes. contact at 3devsandamaybe.com. Yes. And if we get a mailbag going, people, so yeah. listeners, if you are out there, and I'll, send us love letters. <laughs> yeah, love letters. Go on, who is, and, you know, find our address. Track us down, kill us, yeah. Um, <laughs> are, all our, are all our Twitter addresses on there now as well? Uh, no, uh, no, no, because we need to. I need to work out the design front, but we can do that during the week. Cool. We, we're right. doing some work on this tomorrow, Ed, aren't we? Exactly, yes, nice. definitely. All right, so uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. I would say what we're doing next week, but I can't actually remember what we're doing next week. I think we we need to work that out for email and stuff, but I'm sure we can talk about it offline. Exactly. We're probably going to be doing something like um, objects-oriented programming or frameworks, but we're... Frameworks would be an interesting chat. Definitely. Yeah, that would be awesome. Awesome. So uh, we hope that if anyone's listening, they'll join us again next week. So uh, thanks for listening. Cheers. Bye.